I was in Colorado for two things. One, uh, the mission leaders meeting, the MLM, not to be confused with the M&M, though they had lots of M&Ms out for us to munch on. And uh, that was, that's uh, an annual meeting of church planters and mission partnership leaders. And for the past four years, we've, we've met at the Navigators headquarters, Glen Erie, beautiful place in Colorado Springs. So I didn't suffer for the week, though I did miss you. Other than that, no suffering. And it was just a reminder, and I just want to pass on to you, uh, the Vineyard Movement is, uh, within the United States, is about 800 churches, and overseas it's about 800 churches. And the vision of the Vineyard over the next uh, next 10 years is that we'll plant 10,000 more churches. It's a huge vision. And it really comes out of this group that, that we would... We would just follow Jesus in doing that. See, there's a God that's broken through. There's a God that has broken into our, our history. Human history has been invaded by its creator. And, he, and he's just saying, hey, I want you, I want you to come along. I, I really want my good news to get to the world. And we as a movement, both inter, internationally and nationally, we really value local church-based mission. So we don't, we don't have a missions department in the sense of they do the mission. We are the mission. We're the, we're the mission. And we are doing it out of planting a church, growing a church, and wanting to plant churches around us. That's, that's how we do our mission. We value uh, mission through the planting of churches. That's how disciples are made. And then when we, when we go internationally, and, and we're beginning to do it domestically, established churches like us partner with other churches to do together what we can't do alone. And we were reminded at the missional leaders meeting that it's always been God's plan that you, part, you have a partner. You never, there's no solo people in the Bible. It's always partnership. And so we're partnering with others for different places in the world. And the vineyard right now is working in 55 nations, I think. Uh, so we're, you know, busy telling the story of Jesus in the United States and churches are being planted and we're doing the same in 55 nations around the globe. So really the mission leaders meeting is my favorite uh, meeting in the vineyard to go to every year. And it's a wonderful opportunity to touch base with church planters and missional leaders. Our partnerships, you, you need to know that we are, as a community, we're in some partnerships within the Vineyard Movement. One is uh, LTCCW. Anybody know what LTCCW means? Anybody want to guess what it means? Anybody, is there any hints by the names underneath it what it might mean? Y'all don't want to take no risk today. The snake lady, you want to take a risk? Just, just don't. Long-term cross-cultural worker. You know, over time, words, uh, the, the meaning of words are eroded. And I, and, I, and I would hope, and if you don't understand this, please, let's visit. The term missionary, for most people, that, is, that doesn't mean something good. And so those that are in missionology have just said, you know... We, we need to have a different term because there's not a really, there's some bad history that is, is, goes with the word missionary. So it's long-term cross-cultural worker. And we have some long-term cross-cultural workers that we, uh, I just was, it, it's a bigger deal than I've made. And we, again, we as a community, 
God's given us the opportunity. The Dotsons, Mike, Dorothy, David, if y'all will stand up. You know, they are bound for Bolivia. We don't know exactly when they're going, but I visited with the Hoffmans who are, the, are in Bolivia. We had a great visit about this, these folks coming and joining them in Bolivia. And it's really going to fall on us, not just to send Mike and Dorothy and say, okay, see you in a couple of years. It really falls on us. How do we care for them uh, on a weekly basis as they go to Bolivia? Well, Mike, this is a small token, but I brought you back. I stole four pins from the conference center. This is God's provision in in my way. (laughs) My disobedience in... No. No, they put them out in baskets full, and Mike, he asked, could you bring me back some pins? So that was just my gesture. Mike, I'm going to be serious about what we as a community do in caring for you when you're in Bolivia. We all say yes? Yeah. Then I was reminded, cut to the quick, I have a sister. Kathy considers us her home church. What, have we, what do we do for her? We give her money. <laughs> that's great. That's a good, she needs support. But she needs more than money. Everybody that's serving long-term cross-cultural work, they, need, they always need more than money. It's not just about money. And so we, this, what are we going to do as a community? And so that's a step we're going to take. I don't, I don't have a lot of suggestions. I just heard some good suggestions this past week. So I'm going to ask for help from those of us that want to help there. Then we're also in a partnership for the nation of Chile. And we're in partnership with the Gilbert, Arizona Vineyard and with New Horizon Vineyard in Rowlett, Texas and Baton Rouge uh, Vineyard in Louisiana and us. The four of us have partnered together on behalf of La Vina de Chile and the vineyard in Chile is doing really well but they still uh, enjoy the encouragement. Fabio was here a few weeks ago. That comes out of partnership uh, with the Chilean church. And then you should also know that we have a partnership that's a developing partnership for Palestinians. And that includes the Vineyard Church of Columbus, two vineyard churches in Kansas City, a vineyard church in Denver, and us. Then I want you to know, because I need your support, I am the partnership leader. So anybody that calls the vineyard concerning what are you all doing uh, for Palestinians, they're going to call me. So I would really like you to, to know that that's how I serve the vineyard movement. And obviously, I think you all know that's kind of an unusual assignment, but it's a God thing. And it's very exciting. We, we were able to meet together, uh, the guy from Columbus, a guy from Kansas City, a guy from Denver. We were able to sit together, have a couple of meals together, get to know each other, and, and really talk about, okay, what are we doing in this, this developing partnership? So that's happening, which is pretty exciting and, and it's just this reminder that God has broken through to the nations. God is breaking through to the nations. And in our journey through Acts today, we're, we're reading about Peter. And remember, he's gone to Cornelius. And what he saw in that was that God, God broke through from the insider Jew to the outsider Gentile. That's, that's where we are in that story. Now for us, just as an illustration, just to say, hey, God... God has not stopped breaking through to the nations. So if we consider ourselves the insiders, and I think that we would probably do that, we, I, I, there's one people group on the planet, there's really many, but the one that I know of, and part of that is because we're interested 
in Palestine, but uh, out, we would consider most Muslims to be outsiders. But, but I'm here to tell you, God's breaking through to the Muslim world. Now, the reason I know that is a new book coming out. It's called A Wind is Blowing Through the House of Islam. Now, again, the emphasis is I'm not interested in Muslims stop being Muslims. I'm not interested in a change of religion. I'm not interested that a Muslim would stop being a Muslim and start being a Christian. I'm not interested in that at all. That's not what Peter was interested in. Peter didn't invite Cornelius to become a Jew. He invited Cornelius to follow Jesus. Our job is to invite people to follow Jesus. And then God takes care of all the other stuff, however he might do that. It's not our business. So this is what God is doing. You know what God is doing? This, this book, A Wind is Blowing Through the House of Islam, these historians, statisticians went back through the first 1,300 years from the inception of Islam for the next 1,300 years. And they were able to identify one movement of 1,000 Muslims that began to follow Jesus. 1,300 years, one movement, 1,000 or more people. Since 2000, for the first 13 years, they've identified 87 movements of 1,000 or more Muslims that are following Jesus. Wow! It's unprecedented. And I got to visit with two families that are serving in nations that they would really just prefer me not say where they're serving. Because they're in places where LTCCWs are not supposed to be. So they're kind of undercover for good reason. You know what's happening in those nations? Like, they told... I mean, I heard the stories. Like, if Jason was this Muslim individual in one of these unnamed countries... And he's out about doing his business and all of a sudden, hi, I'm Jesus and I want you to follow me. Hello? <laughs> Hello? You see, God's breaking through and he doesn't need missionaries. And right now in that part of the world, he, he's not really relying upon them. So these movements are, God's breaking through. He started with Peter and Cornelius, and he hadn't stopped. He wants people to know him. So our challenge is, I mean, we just, as a community, what in the world are you up to, Jesus? And how do we respond to him? So we go back into Acts 11. One through three. Because that's the foundation. It's the foundation of when God started to break through. And he hadn't stopped. Never, he's not going to stop. So think, the thing, just let it register. God loves the world. God never stopped loving the world. God loves the world. And the world is full of an adversity of people. God loves every person on the planet. And what God wants is he wants everybody on the planet to know Jesus. Jesus. Is the one to know, regardless of where you are. So Cornelius came to know Jesus. A Gentile, God broke through to the Gentiles, through Peter. And the news of that traveled fast. And in no time, the leaders and friends back in Jerusalem heard about it. Heard that the non-Jewish, those Gentile outsiders, are now in with us Jews. 
When Peter got back to Jerusalem, some of his old associates, concerned about circumcision, hey, Peter, were they circumcised? Did they become Jews and become insiders like us? Did they perform the rite of the Abrahamic covenant? Did they keep the rules? They called him on the carpet. What do you, what do you think you're doing? Rubbing shoulders with that crowd, eating what is prohibited, and ruining our good name. I think that you are, I think you know that news travels fast in the faithful. <laughs> we are great gossipers. Have you ever noticed that? In the name of Jesus. Well, it wasn't any different in Peter's day. So the faithful, the news got back quick. And it's, and it's this news, you know, news that really rocks your boat or news that challenges the status quo or a news that really messes with your worldview or news that causes the insider's discomfort. That kind of news, that travels really fast. I looked at the hills above Colorado Springs above some friend's home where the fire, I mean, that unbelievable. That, that how fast that fire came over those hills. That's what gossip, gossip's just like that. News like this spreads like wildfire. And did you notice the concern of the insiders? Hey, Peter, you're rubbing shoulders with the wrong crowd. Hey, Peter, you're breaking the rules. You broke the rule of the food. You broke the rule of the kosher food. You broke that rule by eating with Gentiles. You associated with Gentiles. You broke the rules. And now you're saying that they're, they're in with us and following Jesus, but were they circumcised? There's the rule of circumcision. You broke the rules. The one I think my, my favorite is, hey, Peter, you're ruining our good reputation. We don't really give a rip about them. We want to maintain our status, our good reputation. And these are Jews in Jerusalem that are following Jesus, that are calling Peter on the carpet. So what does Peter do? How does he face that kind of criticism? Well, Peter started from the beginning, and he laid it all out for them, step by step. He told them the story. Just like these two families that I listened to that told me the story of where they're working, they, the power of story. When they heard the story, at the end, they, they, laid it, they, they heard it all laid out like that and they quieted down. So let me read you the story. Recently, I was in the town of Joppa praying. I fell into a trance and I saw a vision, something like a huge blanket, lowered by ropes at its four corners, came down out of heaven and settled on the ground in front of me. Milling around on the blanket were farm animals, wild animals, reptiles, birds, you name it. It was there, fascinated. I took it all in. Then I heard a voice, go to it, Peter kill and eat. And I said, oh no, master, I've never so much as tasted food that wasn't kosher. 
the voice spoke again. If God says it's okay, it's okay. This happened three times and then the blanket was pulled back up into the sky. Just then, three men showed up at the house where I was staying, sent from Caesarea to get me. The Spirit told me to go with them. No questions asked. So I went with them. I and six friends to the house who had sent for me. He told us how he'd seen an angel right in his own house, real as his next door neighbor, saying, send to Joppa and get Simon, the one they call Peter. He'll tell you something that will save your life. In fact, you and everyone you care for. So I started in talking. Before I'd spoken half a dozen sentences, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as he did on us the first time. I remember Jesus' words. John baptized with water. You'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So I ask you, if God gave the same exact gift to them as to us when we believed in the Master Jesus Christ, how could I object to, to God? Peter quieted the situation, not with theology. Not with Bible study. Not by getting defensive and arguing. He told the story. I think he was still a bit overwhelmed by the story. This is what I experienced. The power of story. And step by step, this is what I witnessed. This is what I saw God do. And that story quieted the critics. It helped them to listen so that what God was doing began to sink in. And then, Acts eleven eighteen, as it sank in, they started praising God. It's really happening. God has broken through to the other nations. He's opened them up to life. You see, it is really happening. It happened then. It's happening now. God, God is breaking through to the nations with the good news of his kingdom. The nations are opening up to the life of the eternal king. God is doing this. And we get to join what God is doing. So for our community, I think this is the invitation. Coming out of our history coming out of what God is doing, this, I think this is what his word is to us. And, it's, and it's, since God is breaking through to the nations, now don't, don't, this has a context. You could misuse what I'm about to say. But if we keep in mind, okay, God is breaking through to the nations. Number one, then let's rub shoulders with the wrong crowd. Because God is breaking through, let's make friends with the people that we don't normally make friends with. Because God's breaking through to the nations. Let's associate with people that we typically don't associate with. Oh, we're frightened to associate with. Oh, we've heard all of our life. Oh, better stay away from them. God's breaking through to all the nations. 
May we rub shoulders with the wrong crowd. Who wants to do that? Raise your hand. Okay, I'm going for every hand. If your hand is not risen, we will pray together at the end of this. Now, we can talk about it until next week, and then you'll hand it over. Because it's going to get better as we go. Since God is breaking through to the nations, let's break the rules that separate the insider from the outsider. See, we're the insiders. We're the people with the truth. And tragically, oh, what are the rules? What are the rules that we don't break so that we, we keep, we're, separate. we're separate from the outsiders? Anybody got a rule that comes to mind? I'll repeat it. Don't talk to a stranger. Okay, as a kid, that's really good advice. But as an adult, you ought to be a little bit more secure and a little bit more discerning. You should be able to talk to strangers. Okay, Stuart. Uh, don't talk about politics and religion. <laughs> don't talk about politics and religion. It keeps us nice and tidy. You know, the kingdom of God is a government. It's impossible for me to talk about the kingdom of God and not hit some political hot buttons. God does care about our government. He does not give a rip about the parties, but he cares about our government. He cares how this world is governed, and he has broken through to set government right. And we ought to represent that. Hey, you got another one? Can I ask a question? Sure. Um, after you first spoke about this story in Acts, I met a, a girl from Japan in Chicago, and we talked to we talked over lunch for like two hours. And her biggest thing, she really wants to, to follow the Lord, but she's looking at the church and can make um, no, uh, no sense of Christianity because it's so divided. Um, maybe sometime you could touch on that with us about how we address that to, to, to an outsider. Encourage anybody to focus at, on Jesus. Just well, focus on Jesus. That's Don't. what I did. Yeah, good. I'm, I'm just asking you, I'm just saying that seems to when I talk to people from other countries and yeah. nations and religions, yeah. they can't make sense of, of our religion because it's so divided. That's, well, that's why we're doing what we're doing. Our focus is to be on Jesus. It's not to be on church. It's not to be on the distinctions of church. It's not, we, we ought to be able to bless others in the body of Christ. There are differences. There's differences so people can kind of come in through different doors. We shouldn't, we should not, I, I don't, you know, if I ever talk down about other uh, parts of the body of Christ, you'd say, what are you doing? That's not your job. So, but we, we need to be focused on Jesus. And, and the church in Japan is going to look different than the church in the United States. It better. There's a different context for the gospel in Japan. <laughs> Shouldn't look like a Western church in Japan. That's dissident. So that's one of that's a that's a good rule. And yet one one more rule. Any other rule that separates us from Christians hanging out with non-believers? Oh man, you'll get it. You'll you'll get ooh, they're gonna pull you down. How in the world does anybody ever hear about Jesus if we don't hang out 
with those that don't believe in Jesus. And that might mean that we might have to go some places that we typically don't go to hang out with people. You notice that most people at our church don't hang out in the same place where unchurched people do. So who's going to go to them? Well, God will. If we, I mean, that's, I think that's one of the lessons. I mean, God's going to show up places. If we're not going to go, God's going to show up there. And then he's going to look at it. What are you all doing? Don't you, you, you don't trust me? Now, again, there's a context. You can, we can abuse that. Hello, we're not going to do that, right? Everybody shake their head. No, we're not going to do that. This is a community thing. So who wants to break the rules? Now, I did see that Jason was going to jump at that one. I just want to break the rules. Who wants to break the rules, the rules that separate the insiders and the outsiders? Who wants to do that? Good. Chad, you're warming up to raising your hand. I'm good. <laughs> this is fun, isn't it? See, we got to do this together. It doesn't work if just I'm, if I'm all jazzed up. That what good does that do? This is us. Last one. This is my favorite. Because God is breaking through to the nations, let's ruin, absolutely trash, our good reputation, so that our neighbors. And the nations hear about our king and his kingdom. You see, God broke my heart in 99 for the Palestinians because I visited them. And since 1999, our family has had a really difficult time being able just to share our story, the power of story. Now, I, I, I don't wish Israel any evil whatsoever. Israel needs Jesus as much as Palestinians need Jesus. But I've ruined my reputation because God's breaking through to the Palestinians. And it's worth it. <laughs> and I hope... <laughs> I hope he continues to ruin my reputation because of what he's doing. Now, I don't know how he's going to ruin your reputation, but if you hang out with me and we together keep moving forward to join Jesus in what he's doing among Palestinians, guess what? Your good reputation is toast. So you better slowly raise your hand this time. Truthfully, on all of these, you got to count the cost. I mean, I wish that this morning, I wish every church in America was saying this. But I'm very well aware that the church is not. We stop taking risks. We're playing it safe. So many people in my position work hard at not offending anybody. Do you know that's impossible? Now, it's not my purpose to offend, but truth offends all of us. Jesus offended for the sake 
of redeeming. So, does anybody want to join me in ruining our good reputation? <laughs> because God is breaking through. I want to invite you, going back to Patricia's story. See, part of ruining our reputation is to love Muslim people. Love them. Now, there's some bad, bad Muslim people, but there's some bad, bad American Christian people, and there's some bad, bad Jewish people and Hindu people and Buddhist people. There are some bad people on the planet. But by and large, people groups and religious groups need to know the love of God. They need to know the mercy of God. They need to know the forgiveness of God. They need to know the nearness of God. They need to know what you have what you enjoy every day of your life. They don't know that. So we must go to them. We must go courageously. And we must go with love. Got to overcome our fears with faith. And we got to ruin our good reputation because that's where God is. <laughs> That's what God is doing. He's saying, come on, come on. Catch up with me. Come on. Let's go. Now, if you want to join God in breaking through through the nations, would you, would you like to stand with me? Mike is kind of like a bottle rocket. He's like, <laughs> You see, you know, you know what's really, when, when we agree as a community of people to do this, did you notice? That's, where, that's when they really started to praise God. Oh, God. God, wow. Wow, it's really happening. You are really blessing others, not just Israelis. You're, you're, you're taking the blessing of Abraham through Israel out into the nations. So what you promised Abraham, you're actually doing and we're seeing it. And so now we're praising you. So we get to be people. If we, if we recognize and join God in what God is doing, then we get to be people that just are just free and unabandoned in our worship of God. We praise him. For, I mean, don't we want that? Isn't that what we want? Isn't that what we long for? Just to know God for who he is and have faith and hope that he truly is on the march. He really is going to set everything right. And we get to join him. Wow. So Lord, thank you. We come to the end of just the encouragement that you give us from your word, from our history, and we just say thank you. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him. Praise him for breaking through out of Israel to the nations, breaking through religious barriers, breaking through racial barriers. Our God wants our world to know Jesus. Our God wants our world to receive the benefits of what Jesus has accomplished 
forgiveness of sins, freedom, hope, life. So Lord, here we are, a small, ordinary group of people who just say, yes, Lord, you're breaking through to the nations and we want to go with you. So empower us now, Holy Spirit. Empower us to know, to discern, to rub shoulders with the wrong crowd. Empower us, Holy Spirit, to break the rules that separate insiders from outsiders. Help us to discern those rules and to break them in the name of Jesus. And Holy Spirit, empower us to die to ourselves, to allow our good reputation to be trashed because of what you're doing in breaking through to the nations. We bless you, Lord. We long to praise you for who you are and what you're doing. In your name, amen. So if you held on to your prayer request or you want to talk anymore about what we just talked about or you have this fear and trepidation and you want to pray together, we can kind of hang out together and do that if you'd like. Thank you for our time together.